Hi, I am Martin. If you say it, I hear it. If you do it, I see it. And if it matters, I talk about it on Moments That Matter with Martin. Let's get talking. Hello, and welcome to Moments That Matter with Martin. I'm your host, Martin Agunwa. Today, what matters to us is issues around road safety and how communication can be used to affect human behavior, which is a major cause of road traffic crashes, and indeed how storytelling can be incorporated into the road safety advocacy agenda or campaigns, as it were. And of course, with my guest today, we'll be talking about young people's participation in leadership and how they can affect society. So joining me on today's podcast is Mr. Simon Obi, the Executive Director of Greenlight Initiative a road safety advocacy NGO in Nigeria. Simon has traveled around the world advocating for road safety. He was recently nominated to the leadership board of the Global Youth Coalition for Road Safety. It's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today, Simon. Wow, wow. Thank you so very much, Matt, uh, for having me on this conversation. You know, it's a subject that touches my heart. And each time I have a privilege to conversate on this issue, I- I'm always so happy you know, and I look forward to an amazing, amazing conversation. Trust me. Man. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, we're, we're going to talk a lot about it today. You know, but it's been okay. a while, man. It's been a while. How have you been? You know, me and Simon actually go way back. You know, we've been on this whole road safety advocacy thing for a while. So it's so much joy for me beyond just talking about road safety today, but to finally connect with <laughs> Mr. Simon. How have you been, man? <laughs> man, man, you really don't know how I feel about this conversation, man. You know, just uh, remembering the days of uh, Drive to Leave, Amphosis Radio, yeah. you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. when, when, when every Friday or Saturday we are on the, on the mic, you know, talking about road safety in Nigeria, you know, uh, discussing and ensuring that we pass the necessary information that road users need in order to uh, be safe on the road and trying to advocate for policy change using communication. I mean, it has, it has been an amazing journey. And for me to just remember this thing, it gives me some kind of excitement. Nostalgic, nostalgic, man. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, 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 you know. I mean, staying on that lane, you've just been recently nominated to the leadership board of the Global Youth Coalition for Road Safety. You're doing great things, Mm -hmm. man. You're doing great things. Congratulations. Thank you. What was the feeling like when you got the news that you've been nominated to that board? Wow. I was like, wow. You know, yeah. it wasn't as if I was expecting it, you know. And um, I also feel a sense of responsibility because mm. appointment like this is a call for duty. Yeah. It's a higher responsibility. Being the only Nigeria that was nominated on that board, not just the only Nigeria, but being the first Nigeria to have been nominated to that leadership board, the highest uh, leadership decision-making stage for the Global Youth Coalition for Road Safety. I felt a sense of responsibility. I felt this is a great uh, leadership burden that has been rest upon my shoulder. While being excited about it, I also feel it's an opportunity for me to make impact in a global stage. 
So it's the kind of a mixed feeling, <laughs> but the excitement is quite good, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. I mean, Mr. Simon, I'm, I'm, I must say a big congratulations, and indeed, it is very well deserved for everyone who Thank has you, followed man. your journey along you, um, road safety advocacy. There Thank is no you. doubt about the fact that it is merited. You have done a whole lot as regards road safety advocacy, both in Thank Nigeria you. and around the world. And maybe it is time Thank for you. us to really dig deep into this subject matter right now. Now, like I said earlier, and obviously you've gone around talking about road safety. How big a challenge are we talking about here? Wow. It's one of the global biggest challenge of our time. It is unfortunately that road traffic crashes has remained a pandemic that has gone unnoticed over a long period of time. Yet, we've seen little or no action from leaders and countries of the world. And then we see that people are being killed every day. We're losing human beings and not animals. And nobody cares about this issue. Not just that we're losing human beings. Reports from organizations like World Bank indicated that countries lose up to 3 to 5% of their GDP. And this is huge. If you, if you look at those figures, it amounts to people becoming poor in low and middle income countries. So every year, report shows that we are losing 1.35 million human beings. Human beings are not animals. And then over 50 million people are being injured in different degrees. You know, we have a lot of people who are stabled for life. And this problem is the leading killer of young people globally. So if you bring all the diseases, all the, the global challenges together, there is no other issues that affects young people more than road traffic crashes. And unfortunately, young people are not involved in decision-making in issues of road safety. Don't forget that the problem of road accidents spread almost across the 70 sustainable development goals. And I can prove it to you. You know, one of such is climate change. Transportation is one of the largest contributors of CO2. It contributes up to 40% of CO2. And then when you talk about poverty, you know, when breadwinners or families are lost as a result of crashes, road accidents, you know, the rest of the family become poor. You also see issues of uh, out-of-school children. At the long run, you see that teenage pregnancies and you see children are not well raised in society. And then at the extreme end of it, you see when you don't raise a child in a manner that is right, the child grew to become something that's become a nuisance in the society. So Matt, this problem is big. Indeed, I think you've said it very well because part of the problem is that people do not understand how this circles back to them. And, um, isn't it just driving? Once we have proper road policies, you know, you have road regulations and stuff like that, you expect people to adhere to them. But it's way, way more than that. The implications Absolutely. for road safety, for the economy, for the environment, for society, for education and poverty, you know, is tremendous. And I think the point you're making is that it is time that we gave more attention to this. You know, so maybe what Absolutely. we can do in this conversation is to talk about solutions. And I would like to start from the point of view of even your NGO, Greenlight Initiative, which you founded a couple of years ago. How has the journey been and uh, what have you been able to achieve with Greenlight Initiative? Thank you so very much, Martins, for bringing that up. Greenlight Initiative, founded in 2013, it was just a passion for me to put smiles on the faces of people what I had in mind when thinking about the name. When you are in a traffic light and it is red, 
and maybe you're running, you're rushing to an event. You're, you're sad, you're not happy that the light is red. And then the moment you see the green light, what happened? You're happy, you're relieved, you zoom up. So the idea was to give green lights to people, especially the downtrodden in 2013, when I, I did my national youth service call in the FCT. And then we started off by making some donation to indigent students in Katy community of the FCT. And then we also organized free medical check for people and then dispense free drug for malaria to people who test positive to malaria. We had a group of doctors who gave counsel to some of these community people. And then at the end of the day, we, I was able to build a library, a fully furnished library in a community school in Katy, because I noticed there wasn't a library in the community. And if you take out education in the life of a people, then you further impoverish them. At the end of my service year, I was awarded the FCT Minister Award as the overall best in the FCT. You know, after NYC, I got a job with a road safety uh, NGO called the KRSA Trust Fund. You know about that. So road safety was a new subject for me. And then I read a shocking report that would ever change the way I work and think. And the report indicated that road accidents kill more Nigerians than the Boko Haram extremist group. Wow. And yet, issues of road safety hardly make the news headlines. Government give little or no attention to road safety. Those killed by road accident is 10 times more than those killed by Boko Haram. And yet, road accident is never a problem in Nigeria. But issues of Boko Haram is a very big problem. A lot of investment and concerns are put over there. I mean, it changed my orientation and I became so passionate about road safety. And then I work at some point with KRSD you know, left to continue with what I, um, I was doing at Greenlight Initiative. In 2018, I got nominated by the U.S. Department of State uh, for a program called the, the International Visitors Leadership Program. I was lucky at the time. In fact, when I got to the D.C., they thought I was too young to the point that the officials at the, at the U.S., thought I was a son of one of the participants, you know. <laughs> really? You don't say? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They couldn't believe that uh, a young person like me could be among them, you know. So I had to explain myself that this is who I am and all that. And then in 2019, I got nominated as one of the 48 global road safety leaders by the UN. It gave the facelift to our work. And in 2020, I got invited by the UN to speak during the ministerial conference in Sweden. It was an opportunity for me to speak to a wider global audience, not just to speak on behalf of Nigeria. I spoke, I was given an opportunity to speak on behalf of the African road safety situation. So it was just a very big privilege. And this year, I got appointed into the leadership board of the Global Youth Coalition for Road Safety. So for me, I think it's a journey of impact. It is also a journey of um, challenges, but we've been able to fight over the challenge and ensure that we continue to make the necessary impact, yeah. you know, and ensure that also to influence some positive changes in the society, no matter how tangi tangible, you know, they may look like.
Fantastic. I mean, that that's obviously by all standard an impressive journey. But where would you say we are right now in terms of the spate of road traffic crashes in Nigeria and of course around the world, especially in sub-Saharan Africa? Are we making progress? Are we stagnant or we are regressing? Uh, Matt, I must tell you we are regressing. We are not making progress. You know, before 2018, the number of people killed on the world road was 1.25 million, right? But after 2018, a report came out and then the number has shoot up to 1.35 million people. Almost 1.4 million people killed on the world road. So you see, the effort that has been put in place is not commensurate. Yes, we're doing a lot to raise awareness, to educate people, to advocate and influence policy changes for road safety. But we keep seeing the problem shooting up day by day. And it is not out of place. Uh, the population of the world keep increasing every day. The number of people using cars keep increasing every day. So the road is practically congesting every day. These are the impacts of the increase in population because Road crashes, like we often say, are preventable and predictable. What that means is that they are caused by humans. So if you have more number of people using the road, it's tantamount to having more crashes on the road if the necessary safety checks are not put in place. So we are regressing. We are not making progress at all. So we need to intensify the campaign. We need to get more government action. We need to get more government uh, commitments. Don't forget, Road safety is not just a transportation issue. It is a global health challenge. It is a development challenge affecting every person, irrespective of your class in society. So more work needs to be done. When you put it like that, Simon, it's really, really worrying that with all of the advocacy awareness creation that has been done, we don't seem to be making the commensurate kind of progress that is expected. What are we getting wrong? Is it that the communication is not right? Are we communicating wrongly? Especially when you say that the human factor, human behavior on the road is the major cause of road traffic crashes, for instance. Are we not addressing that effectively with the kind of communication we are putting out there? Yes. If you ask me, I would say yes. In terms of communication, we have not been communicating commensurate to the gravity of the problem posed by road traffic crashes. And I would also follow by giving you the previous example I gave. The population of human is rising. Our roads are getting congested day by day because of the rising population. Now, the government has not seen this as a problem. They have not communicated this as a big problem. Efforts in terms of investments, in terms of awareness, in terms of education, in terms of infrastructural development, has not been really looked at. So in terms of communication, we're not getting it right. We need to communicate this problem in such that every person in the society, no matter what your class is, you need to know more about this problem. You need to know that this is really a challenge, just like we've known COVID to be. I mean, today, everybody knows COVID as a global health challenge. You know, everybody knows that you must have to wear your mask. But in the world today, not everybody knows that if you don't wear your seat belt, you will get crashed and it will amount to fatality. So many people do not know that the seat belt in the car is for your safety. So many people in the world today think that speeding is fun. They don't know it's dangerous. So many people in the world do not know that drink driving is a tantamount to, to suicide. 
And these are the messages we need to preach. These are the communication that we need to give out to society. Let people know about it. Communication has not been done very well. We need to step up our games. Yeah, yeah. Indeed, we, we have to. You know, when you say all of these things, what comes to mind is storytelling. For me, as a PR student and practitioner, storytelling is an important way of driving across messages. And there are several stories from what you're saying that needs to be told that has not been told. How can we incorporate storytelling into this whole road safety advocacy campaign? Uh, one thing about story is that story have a powerful way of changing people's mindsets. It is an easiest way of getting people's attention and getting them to learn about some certain things. And I feel that we can do this by simply telling the stories of people that are affected by the catastrophic effects of crashes on the road. I am optimistic that with those kind of stories, it will change the narrative. And then also having stories of pictorial evidence, because story is not all about talking, having some visual stories of how horrible this problem is. You know, sharing those stories would really communicate a strong message uh, to people out there. It's interesting you say this because having worked in road safety myself, one of the challenges I see, and perhaps it's a big concern for me, and it's not just in, in the field of road safety though, is the way information is presented. We have gradually become a society that almost kind of suffocates on data. It is just presented as numbers. The real value behind it oftentimes is not seen. For instance, you hear that 1.35 million people die annually on the world roads. You hear that 15% um, of young people, for instance, die from road traffic crashes when they are involved in one. No, but what is not being told is that these persons are people's wives, mother, a recent Family. graduate, yeah, um, the next big engineer, and stuff like that. These stories do not, it's not presented in that way. We need to graduate this into real life stories that people can relate with and understand the enormity of the problem that we are confronted with, right? I agree with you, uh, Matt, on that. And it's obvious. What we've seen over the years in road safety is what you've just explained. People come out and give you figures without letting you know that these are your friends, that these are your family. You know, these are people role model. I think it's high time we need to tell the story beyond the 1.35 million people are human beings. And that's why I appreciate what Lifeline does. You know, the program they call the roadside story, where they get victims to share their stories, stories that touches the heart. Events like that further reinvigorate the impact of what we are clamoring for. You know, yeah, we need to, we need to tell the story the way they are and not, you know, mind-seeing world yeah. as they used to be. Thank you very much. For those listening in, um, his reference, Lifeline Care. Lifeline Care is another road safety concern NGO in Nigeria that provides free emergency response to road traffic crash victims and um, also carries out road safety advocacy. It is also an NGO that I worked with, you know, I still work with from afar as it were at this time. And um, the roadside stories have versed the unique stories of road traffic crash victims for the purpose of influencing people's behavior on the road. Absolutely. Um, Simon, we'll switch gear a little bit, but not too far from what we've been talking about. Obviously, you're a young person doing great things, doing amazing work. So you're a youth leader, as it were. Do you feel like now, more than ever before, young people have the opportunity to affect society? Well, the answer is no. Young people have not been given that opportunity to change society. 
to lead. Young people have not been brought into that decision-making table. And keeps me wondering, these same young people are the vibrant in society and yet, what we see in today's world is that leaders of nations do not engage and involve young people in leadership positions. What you get at the end is that you make a policy or you make a decision that only you know about it because you do not factor the relevance of these young people. And so if you don't involve these young people, then you're making the policy for yourself. The problem will remain there. So. At the Global Youth Coalition for Road Safety, what we're simply saying is get young people involved. So now that we have you on the board of the Global Youth Coalition for Road Safety, what are we going to be expecting from you? Well, like I often say, this is a, a topic that is very dear to my heart. One thing I'm going to be doing more is to promote the interests of young people globally, ensuring that the voices of young people are heard at the decision-making table. Also working with decision makers to ensure that they listen to young people and involve them at the decision making table. I'm going to be doing more advocacy and public enlightenment, creating awareness about this uh, leading killer of young people. I'm also going to be inspiring young people into taking action for road safety. Brilliant, brilliant. So let's talk about COVID. The last 18 to 20 months has been a really challenging time for the world both on account of COVID-19, but also when you think about George Floyd's killing and the Black Lives Movement that followed afterwards, and then also recently the Taliban takeover of Afghanistan. Considering all of this, what have you learned about society in this time? Well, the world is changing. You cannot use yesterday's solution to solve today's problem. You have to evolve. You have to change. You have to innovate. And like we at Greenlight Initiative, we were known for education, enlightenment, you know, creating awareness on media before 2020. But when 2020 came in and COVID strike, everything changed. We're all on lockdown. So for us to be productive at Greenlight Initiative, we had to innovate. The question we asked ourselves was, how do we contribute to solving the challenges of COVID? And we had to develop a program training frontline ambulance drivers on COVID response system. We train them on infection prevention and control. We train them on road safety. We train them on first aid administration. And we piloted this project in six geopolitical regions. And the impact was amazing. We got some high level of recommendation from state governments, state governors. And then we talked about the issue of George Floyd in the US. We saw what came out after his killing, the rioting. We saw people came out to speak up for black lives. So it shows that gone are the days where people's rights will be trampled upon and you expect them not to do anything. Gone are the days of people keeping quiet to the ills of society. You know, people are more aware. They rise to the challenges that affect them. And that's what we're seeing in the world of today. Thank you. So same question, but perhaps now of a personal kind, what have you learned about yourself within this time? I think one thing I have learned about myself is that I am more innovative on that pain. Because during COVID, we're all indoors. A lot of people lost their source of livelihood. And it was as if the world was not going to get normal. And for me, you have to survive. That is the saying I keep telling myself. Simon, you have to survive. 
how do you begin to make impact? How do you remain relevant in this field? And the moment I began to ask myself this question, I tend to start innovating. I tend to start doing things that will change the cost of things. Fantastic, fantastic. I mean, it couldn't have been any truer. One of the things that people have also said that has been thrown up the more is the fact that the pandemic has kind of exposed our common humanity because all of a sudden, it didn't matter anymore who you were. COVID was sort of a leveler. You, we all had to be indoors. You, 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 have, to be, you have to be locked down. Yeah? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so for you not to lose your mind, you, you had to be creative. You had to find a way to get by in those moments. So COVID kind of exposed our common humanity that in the end, we're all humans. Like Absolutely. Affected by, by the same thing. It's interesting you said things in around innovation, which is what is getting us out of where we were a few months ago. When you look at the speed with which the vaccines were rolled out, and talking about what you did with the ambulance drivers, those are the things that has gotten us out in this time. Yeah, and I can also add that, Matt, we are now getting used to the new normal, where you don't need to travel to the UK to speak in a global event. You can yeah. be in the comfort of your house, somewhere in sub-Sahara Africa, in one city in Nigeria, and then speaking to a global audience. And that's why I keep saying that as a human being, for you to succeed in today's world, you need to be dynamic in nature, dynamic in thinking, dynamic in your approach to life. Uh, Mr. Simon, you wouldn't believe it. We've been talking for quite a while and it's been a really, really interesting yeah. conversation. And we're about to bring you to a close, but we're going to end with this. It's a little game show that I always take on my guests. And then I'm going to ask you some questions. And all you're going to do for me is to give me the first answer that comes to mind. Are you ready? Okay. Yeah, oh, I'm ready. Yeah. So let's have a test run. What is your son's name? Obi. Ah, you're, you're thinking about it for a moment there. <laughs> Okay, okay. All right, yeah. So I'm just going to ask you rapid fire questions and then you're just going to give me your answers quickly. Tell me the first thing that comes to mind. Okay. If you could live anywhere else, where would it be? US. Your biggest fear? Not to succeed. An animal that best describes you? Lion. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Who is your hero? My mother. <laughs> Lovely. Favorite hangout spot in Nigeria? Wow, this is tough. <laughs> give me, give this me, is... give me, give me the answer. <laughs> oh my God, do I have one? I'll pass, I'll pass that. <laughs> okay, all right. Air, land or sea travel? Air. All right. Winner of 2010 Football World Cup? France. It was Spain. <laughs> was it Spain? Yes. <laughs> wow. All right. Things Fall Apart by Chino Achebe was published in what year? Ah, pass. I don't know. 1958. <laughs> jello fries or fried rice? Jello fries. Ah, okay. Nigerian <laughs> jello or Ghana jello? Ah, Nigeria for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Nigerian jello is always better than Ghana jello. <laughs> I hope my Ghanaian friends are not going to take me up on this one. <laughs> <laughs> right. All right. I mean, it's it's been such an amazing time chatting with you, uh, Mr. Simon Obi. I hope that the issue around road safety, we're going to make meaningful progress in that regard. Absolutely. It's just not acceptable that this high amount of young people are killed annually on our roads. And um, it is time that governments be more deliberate with the interventions around road safety. And I congratulate people like you who are doing great strides with road safety. At Thank OPC. you. 
Thank you very much. And congratulations once again on your appointment to the leadership board of the Global Youth Coalition for Road Safety. Thank you, Matt. And that's been it on today's episode of Moments That Matter with Martin. Until I come your way again next time, have a great time. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Easy Martinez, Easy with a Z. And let's keep talking because it matters too.